Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus both possess the qualities we're looking for in our team. Tough, gritty, smart, opportunistic winners. It was an easy decision for me. What am I about and what's my philosophy? We're going to build through the draft. We're going to acquire young, fast, and physical football players. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. Now, here's Kevin Powell. We're on to episode 33 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Kevin Powell here. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. On uh, this episode, Zach Pearson from BearReport.com joined me. Just two weeks from the NFL Draft, Bears currently with sixth overall selections. Uh, what does Zach think Ryan Poles will do? Will they acquire more picks? Will they move up into the first round? Personally, I think Ryan Poles values uh, the quantity of picks, and I think some of the positions they're targeting, uh, they could get good value for those in the second round and, and even later. So uh, let's take a full dive with uh, Zach Pearson from BearReport.com. Now joining me on the podcast is Zach Pearson from BearReport.com. Covers the Bears, does a great job doing it. Zach, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast again. Yeah, man, no problem. I'm, I'm happy to be talking Bears here. I hope things start picking up soon. So that's uh, I'm glad you kind of led into that because it's been a very – look, if you're, if you're Ryan Poles, I understand the approach here to this offseason, which is you know you, you, he's not going to tie himself up with bad contracts or overextend at this point. But do you think – and a couple of the deals that maybe would have been the biggest, Larry Okunjobi, Ryan Bates, didn't work out – are you, do you think he's being almost too patient here? It's like, all right, you got a lot of roster spots to fill before the you know camp gets going and everything. Yeah, I don't think it's it is necessarily that. I think um, when stepping back and looking at it, he's pretty much cleaning up the mess that, that Ryan Pace left him. Um, you know, we saw they they had to move on from Cleo Mack. You know, they, the Bears weren't going to be good. Um, soon enough where you could still use Khalil Mack in his prime. And you had to move on from those contracts. Um, what Ryan Pace pretty much did was, you know, kept them moving money down the line. That's why the Bears have such, you know, a lot of dead money um, on the books this year and then some for next year as well. So he's kind of just cleaning it up. Um, you know, they're not going to come out and say we're rebuilding. They can't because they need to sell tickets. They need to sell merchandise. They need to give fans some hope. But, I mean, let's face it, you know what I know, it's a rebuild. Um, they have to fill a lot of these roster spots. And like you said, what they're doing is they're, gonna, they're, they're making moves for 2023. They're going to have most of their draft picks. I, I don't think they have – I think they have all but one draft pick next year. Um, they do have a first-rounder. They're going to have a lot of money that they can go out and spend on free agents. And, you know, it, while things might get a little rough this year, it does give you a chance to evaluate some players. I mean, you can look at someone like Nicholas Morrow – if he plays well, you can give him another contract after this year. Um, a guy like Justin Jones can earn an extension or a future contract as well. So these are kind of you know low risk, high reward type signings, and it was to be expected. I mean, I know fans want them. Hey, you know, you could have gone out and traded for Tyreek Hill. You could have gone out and you know landed this player, signed this player. It just wasn't, you know, really realistic for them to go out and do that this year. Yeah, cleaning up the mess and getting things in order when it comes to numbers and contracts is one thing. But are you concerned at all that they aren't doing enough to help Justin Fields? 
Yeah, I would say that's, that's fair to say. Um, you know, I thought they'd be a little bit more active in the wide receiver market. You know, they go out and get St. Brown from Green Bay. They go out and get uh, Byron Pringle from um, Kansas City. And, and I do think Pringle could be a solid wide receiver, but you don't have a true number one on your roster. Um, Darnell Mooney's gotten better in both of his two seasons in Chicago, but he, he's not a traditional number one as of yet. He's going to have to go out and prove it again this year. Um, to be considered that. So I do think that, you know, they could have maybe gone out and tried to sign, you know, someone like Juju Smith-Schuster, I thought would have made a lot of sense to add another weapon. Um, you know, um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who also ended up in Kansas City, would have been an option for me. It's going to be interesting to see what they do in the draft, though. I think they're going to double up on wide receiver at some point, um, whether it's, you know, one pick in the second round, maybe a pick in the third, or maybe they go, you know, one on day two and then one on day three. I think they're going to they're going to double up there and try to add some more weapons. Um, but yeah, you know, you got to surround Justin Fields with as much talent as possible because it could get ugly this year. Um, but we're going to find out if Justin Fields is as good as they as people think he is and the Bears think he is. He can kind of mask some of those you know deficiencies on the offense and you know make your team a little bit better. Can he is he good enough to take you to the playoffs just yet? I don't think so. I still think they need some more weapons to do that. Even a guy like Sammy Watkins, who landed in Green Bay, I feel like that would have been a reasonable contract for the oh, Bears yeah. to take on. I know his numbers aren't uh, eye-popping over the past couple of years, but we know he's a big-time talent. I- I'm just kind of waiting for the Bears to make some moves here. And uh, as you said, I know it's a-, a lot of it is cleaning up a mess that uh, they were handed, but it does feel like they need to kind of pick it up in a little bit uh, of some ways to start building this roster. Um, do you think Ryan Poles values the amount of picks that he has right now, which is at six and bringing guys in. Or I don't get the sense that Ryan Poles is a guy that's going to make a big move on draft night first round and move up into the first round or even like a top 10 pick or anything like that. To me, I get the sense that he wants to bring in as many of his guys as possible rather than make some huge splash in the draft. But when it comes to the draft, they currently have six picks, the two second rounders, one from the Chargers. How do you think Ryan Poles is approaching uh, this upcoming draft. Yeah, you know, I'm with you. I don't think we're going to see a trade up. It would have to take, you know, man, like a top 10 talent to kind of fall all the way up to like the late 20s for them to even think about it, I think. Um, so I think it's going to be the opposite. I think they're going to actually trade back. I wouldn't be shocked if they did that. I think you could sit there at 39 and get a really good player, or probably a starter, um, because of the, the holes you need to fill, whether it's offensive line, defensive back, um, you know, safety or wide receiver. And I could see them trading that pick they got from the Chargers, maybe you know, acquiring some more draft capital or even trading that um, third-round pick as well. I think with those six picks, they could come away with this, if they don't trade. They could come away with, in this draft with two to three starters, and those would likely be day two, and then maybe some developmental players on day three. But you know, we're going to learn a lot about Ryan Poles here and how he attacks mm-hmm. his draft because, like you said, I, I do think he wants to bring in his own type of players. But you know, if a team wants to move up and they, and they say, "Hey, we can offer you an extra, you know, third and maybe a pick next year, or we can give you a second rounder next year." I don't think he'd shy away from that. I think, you know, building as much draft capital as he can to kind of build his roster the way he wants will be important. So, you know, like you said, I I don't think there'll be a trade-up at all. That would be absolutely shocking. And the one thing to look at in this draft is it's very strong for wide receiver, 
very strong for defensive back. And I think even, you know, middle linebacker and edge is a really strong and deep class here where they could, you know, not do anything, sit there with their three day two picks and, and be very comfortable knowing that, you know, they could potentially have three starters right away there. I haven't had a chance to get your thoughts on the Khalil Mack trade yet, which has been a while since they've made that deal. But yep. I, I totally, completely understood why he did it. Um, and look, the market is the market. I, I was just a little underwhelmed with what they got in return. What was your reaction to the Kalomak trade? Yeah, I think the important thing with that trade was, you know, the Bears did get a draft pick back, which, you know, yeah, I, I think a lot of people probably thought maybe Kalomak was, was worth a first rounder at least. Um, I think the contract, all that the, the money that the Chargers are going to have to pay in the next couple of years is pretty much what, was the difference of the Bears getting, you know, maybe a, a first-round pick compared to a second-round pick. Um, when it first came out, you know, I, I wasn't shocked that they traded them. I think, you know, I believe it was Brad Biggs after the sc- uh, scouting combine, you know, wrote, wrote on in the piece for the Tribune and kind of said, you know, keep an eye on this, you know, this could be going down. And, and when he said something like that, it's kind of when my ears kind of perk up. I'm like, okay. So I, I wasn't completely shocked. Um the, the compensation for it, uh, you know, I, I go back and forth. Yeah, I think you would have liked a little bit more, but at the same time, you got to look at the money aspect of it. You know, the Bears just wanted to get that um, contract off their books to free up space for next year, free up space for 2024. And like I mentioned, you know, I, I think you'd agree with this. I don't think the Bears are going to be competitive. Or not competitive. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team this year. I think next year is probably the year where, you know, you, you target the playoffs in 2023 and in 2024 you want to be a real contender. And I just don't think, you know, Quill Mack is still going to be, you know, that dominant edge rusher that he once was during those years. And I, and I think we also have to look his injury history since coming to Chicago. He missed all of last season. He Or not all of last season, I'm sorry. He missed a lot of last season. He also missed time in years prior or, or played through injuries. So I think he kind of had to do it at the time. Um, and it didn't shock me at all. But I could see where... You know, people would be a little upset with the with the return back, but I actually thought they did pretty well getting that. You know, number what is it, number forty eight overall pick from the Chargers. Mm-hmm. So sticking on the defensive side of the ball, one player they absolutely have to get more out of is Eddie Jackson. He got himself a big contract, yep. and since he got that big contract, he hasn't been the same player. Zach, I'm not saying the two correlate. I'm not saying he got the contract, and that's why his play fell off. But that's kind of when where things started. We can start there. Um, this is a new defensive scheme coming here with Matt Eberflus in Chicago now. What have you heard from Poles and Eberflus? And we'll hear more. Bears have some some workouts coming up at Hallis Hall next week, and we'll hear more from from Matt Eberflus. But how do you envision the Bears getting more value out of Eddie Jackson? Because man, the past couple of years have been rough for him. Yeah, I mean he struggled, and you know it's a combination of maybe not finishing plays. Um, taking bad angles on, on tackles, and then even the plays that he finished and, and would get those turnovers, they were called back for some, you know whether it was a penalty or, or something like that. So yeah, it, it's definitely been a struggle since we saw him in that you know, fantastic 2018 season. I, I think this is going to be good for Eddie Jackson. And we talked to Matt Eberflus, and Matt Eberflus said, um, you know, it's going to be a fresh slate from a clean slate from. He's going to come in, not you know high expectations or anything like that. It's kind of a reset for everyone when you get a new coaching staff. Um, there's very few instances where 
that's not the case. I think here in Chicago, I don't want to say like more relaxed, but there, there isn't a lot of pressure going to be on Eddie Jackson because, you know, he was the guy that we looked at in the secondary, especially when they got rid of Kyle Fuller and, and they made moves um, in that secondary. Adrian Amos left. He was the guy that we looked at as, okay, this is your primary turnover guy. This is the guy that's going to force takeaways. He's going to pick off passes. He's going to return for touchdowns. and force some fumbles. That just didn't happen. I don't think he has that pressure on him. And going into the season, I think he can kind of play a little bit more free. Um, he can use his range a lot more, barring that they do get, you know, maybe a traditional strong safety. We have to see what they're going to do there, um, if they're going to make any more moves. But I, I just think the pressure is going to be off him. It's going to be one of those seasons where he can kind of play a little bit more relaxed and have more fun. And when that happens, I think you're going to see, you know, the Eddie Jackson. I, I'm not going to say he's going to go out there and be like what he was, you know, a pro bowler in 2018, but I, I think we'll see improvements to his game. And I actually went back and looked at his tape a little bit last year. And, you know, he struggled. He had some really bad angles. Those first few games with Bears defense were just disastrous a lot of times. But going as the year went on, I thought he actually got better, um, you know, in his tackling. And then I, I noticed, you know, they're playing him a little bit in the nickel, too, at the end of the year. He was fine there. I don't think they're going to do that as much. But we could actually see him, you know, maybe fill in that role if, if needed at times on, on certain sets or certain situations. I think he got better the year went on last year, and I think he can kind of take that into um, this offseason with a lot of confidence. And we'll have to see. We'll get our first, like you said, we get our first look. Um, at activities next week, and, and um, you know he'll be a player I'll be definitely keeping an eye on. Larry Ogunjobi, who I mentioned earlier, uh, failed the physical, uh, had to do with a foot injury he sustained uh, last season. Do you think there's any shot that they do find a, a way to bring him to Chicago on a different sort of deal? Because that was supposed to be Ryan Pohl's big free agent splash this offseason. Yeah, yeah, that was going to be their guy. Um, you know, you saw right away when free agency started that they came out with that deal. And I was a little surprised. I thought that was a lot of money for, you know, a three technique. But they value, you know, the three technique on their defensive line. They value that defensive line so much. You know, both um, Matt Eberfuss and Ryan Poles, they've talked about it. They need anchors there. And they didn't actually rule out bringing him back on a shorter deal. I know there's got to be a lot with the physicals cleared again. Um, then you also have to get um, you know him to agree to a shorter deal after you've already offered the long deal um, or, or the more money deal. So, yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, I, it just kind of feels like something that would be coming you know, maybe right before training camp. Maybe he sits there and sees the market isn't as big and he gets healthier. The Bears, you know, obviously are probably going to keep contact with him as the weeks go on. I wouldn't rule it out. Um, you know, it might, it's probably just going to be up to the player. Does he want to take a shorter deal? Will he get anything else there on the market? He's got to get healthy. He's got to be able to pass those physicals first. Ryan Poles, it, uh, you know, he seems to uh, – the type of players he's trying to bring to Chicago, which is, you know, if you hear Poles talk, it's, you know, kind of tough, gritty-type players. And I'm okay with that. Like, I like that. The past couple of years, the Bears have kind of been missing that, you know, some of the nastiness and, and finding ways to win. It seems like they've found ways to lose over the past couple of years. So it does seem like, you know, with Lucas Patrick, who Ryan Poles talked about and um, kind of brings a little bit different of an edge to the roster. Those are the types of guys that I think Ryan Poles is targeting uh, this offseason. A lot of these are, you know, these one year prove it type deal uh, type deals and and I'm okay with that right now because as you as you've mentioned it's not really the time to strike it's probably not going to be a winning season it's more so about a culture thing with the bears 
Yeah, and, you know, I'm glad you said that. You know, the nastiness on on the roster, especially in the trenches. And, and Ryan Poles wants to build through the trenches. He said that in his introductory press conference. You know, the offensive line, the defensive line is where we're going to build. we got to get big. we got to get strong, um, quick, athletic guys as well. And look at this roster. I mean, the Bears really haven't had that level of nasty on the offensive line in a long time. I mean, I think you could say for the defensive line, Akeem Hicks, Lel Nichols, Eddie Goldman, Kino Mack, all those guys. And you look at the offensive line, and they didn't really have that. And when they drafted um, Tevin Jenkins last year, that's what really popped out on his tape when you watched from Oklahoma State. He would finish blocks. He would drive guys to the ground. He um, would play right through the whistle. And when he got his chance and he stood up for his quarterback last year, uh, you know, a veteran in Jermaine said he didn't like what he did, you know, against the Vikings and yelled at them and, and all that, which I thought was a little odd. Um, but it was also maybe a reflection of the culture Chicago had back then. Um, you know, maybe nothing against Matt Nagy, but I never got the sense that he wanted those tough, physical, nasty offensive linemen or, or defensive linemen. Um, he wanted everything to uh, almost be a little, you know, too cute or, you know, we're going to do it this way. We're going to, you know, be quick and we're going to do that and, and all that stuff. So, I think it's definitely going to be a different culture change in looking at what Ryan Poles wants to do, what Matt Eberflus wants to do. Um, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they brought in one of those offensive linemen during the draft that kind of has a, a nasty streak to him or um, kind of resembles what Lucas Patrick or, you know, Tevin Jenkins brings to the table. So I'm excited to see it because I do think this team's going to go back, you know, to the ground and pound. They're going to rely on David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert. Um, and to help Justin Fields out, and that's what you want. You want those big, big physical offensive linemen that can not only protect the quarterback, have his back, but you know also get it done in the run game and want to go out there and block and do things like that. They've got to fix that offensive line. It's been so bad the past yep. couple of years. 58 sacks last season just can't happen, especially with a quarterback that many believe could be the first you know franchise quarterback here in Chicago. How do you think Ryan Poles views Justin Fields? Do you think they're in on him? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know where all this, uh, where all this is coming from. These past couple of days of, you know, I, I saw um, there was a report. I think of Mike Florio had something that, you know, the way the Bears are building may not, or may suggest that they don't have faith in Justin Fields. There's another piece that came out. I think today, I, I don't know where it's all coming from. I, I, I think they believe in Justin Fields. I think they said it right away in the introductory press conference, not only by you know, praising him and, and talking about, you know, seeing him on tape and his strengths. But they also had, the Bears also made him available right after, um, you know, Poles and, and Eberfields were introduced. And that wasn't the case for Matt Nagy. I don't think that was the case, you know, when they brought in John Fox, whoever the quarter, you know, quarterbacks were back then. They, you know, Trubisky didn't come in and do a press conference after. So, yeah, I think they, I think they believe in him. And, um, you know, the thing is, is there a chance Justin Fields is bad? Yes. Is there a chance Justin Fields is good? Yes. I don't think we're going to know that fully until, you know, another two years. I, I think this year's going to be really tough to evaluate him. Um, you know, I do think he is good enough, like I said, to maybe mask some of those problems and maybe make receivers better. Um, but I also think, you know, he's not going to be able to do it alone. And, and like I said, if he's getting sacked at that rate that he was last year, the year before, um, it's going to be a problem, and he's not going to be able to do much, and he's going to get hurt, and he's going to get banged up at times, and he's going to try to force things. So this year will be a really tough year to kind of judge him, but I do believe, you know, that they have faith in him. I don't think it'd be smart to, you know, press the reset button after one year and say, oh, here, you know, we're going to give up on Justin Fields. 
I think if they didn't have faith in him, I, I think they might have shocked them this offseason and tried to see what they could get and, and traded them. Um, look at his quarterback class. You know, Justin Fields would be QB1 this year, and he might be the top overall pick in the draft if he came out this year. So, yeah, I, I think if they didn't have faith, I thought, you know, you know, if they didn't have faith in him, they probably would have traded him and, and tried to reset this entire thing. So I, I think they, I do think they have faith in him. I think um, we'll see 2023 them be very active and going out and spending a lot of money um, and building up their offense to kind of um, tailor his needs and, and to his strengths as well. Well, I said this when they hired Ryan Poles. One thing he has going this offseason, which is unlike really any other GM who's been brought to the Bears, is this his first big move isn't finding a quarterback. That's not me saying Fields is a slam dunk deal. We know that right now, like where he's at. But like, imagine if they didn't have Justin Fields right now. Right, the only thing we would be oh, talking <laughs> about is who will the Bears draft this year? And as you mentioned, most believe this is a fairly weak quarterback class. And 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 as you said, if like imagine if Fields was in this class and the Bears were going into this draft and they. The quarterback situation was horrible. We would all be praying and hoping that the Bears could find a way to draft Justin Fields, right? And he somehow fell to them. He yep. was the fourth quarterback taken last draft. So that's the luxury Ryan Poles is dealing with. Ryan Pace, that's one thing he did was draft Justin Fields. Ryan Poles doesn't have to make this immediate high-pressure decision on what do I do at the quarterback position. Again, it's not saying Fields is the guy just yet. But just about anybody who's brought in here as a general manager, the first question is always, what are you going to do at the quarterback spot? And Poles can can go into this draft without that pressure. He doesn't have to worry about that. He doesn't have to make all his – his big decision doesn't have to be the quarterback. And I think that's big for Ryan Poles. He can focus on things around the quarterback. Yeah, and it's a lot easier to build a team and build a roster when you have a quarterback in place. And, you know, like you said, I mean, we're not saying Justin Fields is guaranteed to be the answer, um, but it is easier when you have a guy that, you know, you don't have to replace right away or, you know, there's not a quarterback battle or anything like that. And, and you have a guy that, you know, t- that the organization believes in and you can build around that. And maybe, you know, if Justin Fields turns out not to be the guy that they think he is, you move on from him in 2024 and you kind of reset. But, yeah, I think that's an advantage for, for Ryan Poles. He can, you know, now go and focus on where he wants to build his roster. Because I, I think, you know, what you said is true. And if the Bears didn't have a quarterback, we would have heard in the introduction of the press conference, you know, well, we got to build through the draft. We got to build through the draft. We got to find our quarterback. We got to build in the trenches. And that just adds another layer to everything. They don't have that extra layer now, which is nice. And they can get a full evaluation of Justin Fields this offseason. They can get a full evaluation. Um, of him in, in, in this season and then potentially in 2023 as well. So I, I do think it's an advantage to have that quarterback kind of in place, um, whether he's good or, or not. It's still too early, and, and that kind of works to Paul's favor. All right, before I let you go, can I get some names to keep? First of all, who do you think the top pick is going to be in the draft? Oh, man. So <laughs> um, I actually released a mock draft. I still think it's going to be Evan Neal out of Alabama, the offensive tackle. But, uh, man, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting because I think Ian Hutchinson could be a guy that goes number one overall. Um, does a team, you know, try to trade up? Do they try to move up and get their guy? I always thought it would be Kayvon Thibodeau. I had him really high on my board. I am actually falling now. So I think it's going to be Evan Neal, but, you know, 
as a backup and so say Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. All right, and realistic prospects that the Bears might be able to land if they don't trade up. Who, who are a couple names, obviously, as, as we all know, receiver, uh, defense, back, offensive line. Those are some areas to look for. But who are a few names we should be watching uh, heading into the draft in a couple weeks? Yeah, I really like um, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Um, he's a wide receiver that's already met with the Bears twice at the Combine and the Senior Bowl. Um, the Bears have representative as Pro Day. I think he's he's a perfect fit for the Bears. He's got size. He's got speed on the outside as a wide receiver. Um, it, you know, he could go late first round, though. That's kind of the thing for the Bears. Is, is his draft status is kind of all over the place. I'd say, you know, looking at wide receivers, you know, George Pickens as well as a guy to keep an eye on in the second round. I really like Khalil Shakir out of Boise State as potentially, you know, maybe the second pick in the second round or a third round pick, um, depending on where his stock is. I like David Bell out of Purdue. Uh, and in terms of, you know, like offensive line, that's going to be very intriguing because, you know, a guy like Zion Johnson probably is not going to fall to the Bears. He'd be a fit um, on the interior offensive line. Kenny Green out of Texas A&M is another name I'd keep an eye on. Uh, Tyler Smith out of Tulsa is a good tackle. I think that would kind of fit what the Bears need. Yeah, it's going to be um, interesting to see how the offensive line plays out because I think there's a lot of teams in that 20 to you know, 32 range that could go offensive line or wide receiver, um, Green Bay being one of them as well. So it's going to depend on what happens. Um, you know, as far as defensive backs, I would say I, I like uh, Roger McCreary out of um, Auburn. I think he's a solid defensive back. I think he kind of fit what the Bears want to do. Uh, Kyrie Elam out of Florida, if he falls, he'd be another guy to keep my eye on. And then, you know, the, the linebackers, do the Bears go that route? Do they try to find another young linebacker to kind of pair with, with Roquan Smith? Um, that's another strong position. I don't think, you know, guys like Nicobe Dean are going to fall out of the first round. Um, you might be looking at someone like Troy Anderson out of Montana State as like a day. Uh, the third round pick on day two, they're going to have some options. I, I think the Bears will have a lot of guys high on their board still available um, when it's time to pick their number 39. George Pickens is my guy, Zach. He's 6'3", 6'4", okay. 200 pounds, ran a four four seven forty. 40. Uh, Justin Fields can throw the ball down the field. That's what star quarterbacks do. Small yep. sample size, but he can get the ball down the field, something Mitch Trubisky was never able to do. I'm not comparing the two. I'm just using it as an example. Justin Field has the ability to make big plays. In the NFL, you've got to be able to land uh, passes deep down the field. And I think Justin Fields can do that. I think George Pickens is the perfect guy to pair with him. He's got good size, good speed. I'm all in on George Pickens, Zach. We need to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. He's an interesting guy, and I, I think you know he should be there. I saw a mock. I saw him go to two mocks recently, go to Green Bay and then Kansas City in the first round. So we'll see. I, I think he should still be there in round two. I think there's enough wide receivers and after you get past like Chris Olave and Jameson Williams and um, you know those four, first four to five guys, I think like wide receiver you know five to like thirteen ish and twelve ish in that range, those guys can go anywhere between late first round and end of day two. So it's just, it's going to be interesting how the board kind of falls. Hey Zach Pearson covers the Bears for BearReport.com. Zach, I appreciate you jumping on. Thanks, man. Yeah, anytime, man. I really appreciate it. All right, that's episode 33 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks to Brian Alzheimer and Ernie Scatton for their help producing the podcast episode 33 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast.